Welcome to Ministry IRL. I'm your host, Patrick Weed, and I'm super excited to explore with you what life can be like behind the scenes for those who are in ministry. Let's talk about what ministry is like in real life. I was talking to my wife this morning about the fact that I needed to record for my podcast. And she asked me, she said, what are you going to talk about today? And I said, you know, I've been thinking about it and I'm not sure. And she said, well, have you talked yet about how the pandemic has really been affecting ministry and what people are having to do? And I was like, yeah, I talked about that a bit in at least one episode so far. But it made me go back and start looking at what prepares us for ministry, let alone what prepares us for moments in ministry where everything changes, everything that used to be one way now is completely opposite. All of the things that you relied on are now gone. And I started wondering about different people's experience when it comes to preparation for ministry. And I started looking at my own. For those of you that don't know, a big part of this podcast is looking at ministry in real life and the aspects of how there are things that you don't always get to see as a congregational member or even as a believer, let alone if you're not a part of church or if you're opposed to church. There are things that you might not be aware of that is something that I enjoy trying to shed some light on. And one of the things when it comes to being prepared for ministry that I have looked at quite a bit is all of the different areas that you begin to experience in ministry when you're doing it and all of the things that you are totally and completely unprepared for. And I, I say that lightly because obviously you want to count on the fact that your pastor is prepared for things, but that takes experience and that takes opportunity and that takes going through some hard times, maybe even making some mistakes. And I was looking at my experience as far as prepare, preparation for ministry, and I was thinking about Bible college. I was thinking about all of the things that I went through in Bible college. And I want to preface this with, with some, a couple of things. My experience with Bible college was over 15 years ago. Yes, I know I'm old. Um, the other aspect of Bible college for me is I want to make sure to emphasize that I loved my experience. I absolutely was um, super happy with being able to get to go to uh, Columbia International University, plug for them and all of my friends who have gone there. And uh, all of the teachers, especially the ones still there, I love it. And I, I had a great time. I learned a lot. God taught me a lot. I went through some major moments of revelation. I met my wife there. So, you know, that's a big deal. Um, so Bible college definitely holds a special place in my heart. But I've always been comparing it to what I am going through today or the past few years or even looking at my friends or even family that are in ministry and looking at what was able to prepare us for from Bible college and what was not able to prepare us. And so I started looking at this and I started seeing that, you know, Bible college, basically information is the name of the game, right? For the most part, Bible college wants to give you as much information as they can, as much sharing of stories. I loved my professors. They gave us lots of insight, lots of stories, but it also was just a lot of information about what does the Bible say? So, I mean, these are important things, right? These are good things from Bible college. The history of the Bible. Oh my goodness. Knowing the different ins and outs. Um, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, um, let alone travel around that area of the world. I mean, there's so much that you can learn from understanding a better history of what the Bible says, where the Bible comes from, the culture that the Bible, I mean, I could go on, right? 
The other part of Bible college that I really appreciated was the deeper meaning of the Bible and how to specifically ex- extrapolate different ideas, thoughts, and insight into what it's talking about, right? So there's this one word in Bible college that most Bible college students should and probably know. It's called hermeneutics, and it's the study of the Bible, right? But for me, hermeneutics always came out to be more so of understanding how this one passage at the very beginning still connects and applies to this other passage at the very end when it had different people who wrote it but are still both inspired by God. And that's that I know that's not exactly what hermeneutics is, but that's what hermeneutics means to me. It's the understanding of how all of the Bible fits together into one message that God wants to give to you and that there's nothing that necessarily contradicts each other and that even if it seemingly does, there's ways to understand it that just because you take one one verse of the Bible and it seemingly says this, you can't build a whole theology on that because there's other parts of the Bible that need to go in in conjunction with that. That to me is hermeneutics, right? And so that is a huge part of Bible college and understanding what the Bible says and to be able to have a firm, solid theology and understanding what you believe about what the Bible says. At the same time, the Bible college experience is very limited. There's so many things when it comes to uh, the functions of a church. I mean, I get to currently interact with the bookkeeper of our church on a, on a fairly constant basis due to the fact that I help run our missions council and we have finances that we have to go over and keeping track of that and the amount of work that, that they do at our church, I am always just overwhelmed at how detailed they have to be, how much work they have to do, all of the processes to keep in place, the the things to keep things in check. I mean, that is a full-time job in of itself, right? We all can agree. The the positions of counseling in a church and I know so at the Bible college that I went to at CIU, um, I got to have a few different exposures to classes that taught counseling. Um, but it wasn't like the in-depth, you know, the whole, your whole careers on counseling. I, I, I think they had that option, but it wasn't something that I necessarily took, but I still appreciated the exposure that I got to have. The other thing of that though is that as a minister, you, I mean, honestly, even as a friend, but more so in a ministry capacity, you're, you're looked at as someone that you can, that people can come to and ask for help and, and talk things through. Your pastor, the pastor, your senior pastor is obviously looked at as someone who can counsel you through situations. That is a f- like the four year long, you know, commitment to being a counselor, like getting certified, getting all the right things, learning the psychology, all of that stuff is is tons of work that doesn't always fit into the Bible college experience. Um, I'm appreciative of when it can, but it's not as in-depth as maybe some of us would hope it would be, right? So counseling in church is a full-time position and, and, and takes up a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of emotions, a lot of safety precautions. I mean, there's so much to that. One of the ones that I am closer to, and my friend does it at our church, is you know the IT person, the the tech, technical guy who's gonna or technical girl, sorry, technical person who's going to be running everything and getting everything set up and knowing how new technology works, knowing which products to buy, um, which ones not to buy, which ones will last longer, which one have better quality. I mean, there's so many details, and that one's so constantly changing, right? To be able to stay up to date. That takes a lot of effort. And so that in of itself is a full-time job. 
and and takes and also has its own you know computer science degree that goes along with everything there. And as I was looking at those, it, it, it dawned on me that not only are those things are and those are only a few, right? I'm sure there's more that people could list off. But there's these full-time jobs that exist within ministry that a Bible college experience doesn't always prepare you for. And and I'm not sure it necessarily should, but at the same time, where can we fit that in? Um, I, I appreciate every Bible college, and I, and I have no uh, judgment against the leaders and the decisions that they make of those schools, but I do not envy the um, job of trying to figure out where do we fit in the practical as well as the spiritual as well as the biblical education that students need in order to go out and be prepared for ministry in real life, right? And so I, I, I wanted to bring up a couple of things specifically from my experience at CIU, um, Columbia International University. I had to go ask my wife about it because I forgot what it was called, but Columbia International University has a class, a, um, a class that I believe is mandatory for all students. It's called field education. And what I got to do with that is I got to go out into areas that I not, wouldn't normally have gone into. I helped with um, a puppet ministry. I went and I was a um, volunteer teacher at a Christian school. I got to uh, travel with my music group or band or whatever you want to call it. And we did um, different uh, youth camps where we not only played music for them, but also ran some uh, different sessions, teaching sessions, if you want to call it, um, basically devotionals that we did um, where we spoke while we were at camp. And um, then I got to do, uh, I think I did a youth ministry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did some youth ministry work as well as part of that, I believe. And I'm having to really recall now. It makes me feel super old. But anyways, um, that was a huge part of my experience and a one that I think was super valuable because it put me out into places in ministry that I normally wouldn't have gone into and let alone put me into places where I got to experience it firsthand and learn and make mistakes and have other people outside of the school invest in me and talk to me about things and process things with me. I got to be part of teams. I mean, just a huge part of really understanding what ministry would look like in the future. Um, just a little bit of a glimpse into it, but I love the fact that it was mandatory for all students. Um, I mentioned earlier about counseling and that there were classes. I uh, loved my counseling classes in school. But when I look at some of what really prepared me, it, it I, I love my schooling, but I love more what my, my family did for me. Um, I got to travel with my dad when he was raising support for becoming a missionary or for raising his funds as a missionary. And he let me speak with him. Um, he would encourage me to ask to speak at the youth groups of the churches we were at while he was preaching in Sunday mornings. And he would talk to me about, um, he would actually have me call the pastors and try to set up meetings while he was driving. Um, I loved it. It was a huge um, exposure to what it meant to be a, uh, a missionary in ministry while raising funds. And, and that was a huge lesson for me as far as looking at ministry. Growing up with a family where ministry was a part of our family, where ministry happened in our home, where my parents, um, things would happen with our us as kids in the groups that we were in, and as well as with my parents, and we would discuss those as a family and process them together, and my parents would invest in sharing with us. 
I mean, that was huge exposure um, into what ministry would be like in the future and how to handle it and how to think about it and, and difficult things to try to put into a classroom setting, right? And all of this kind of really made me look at what, what does it mean to be a pastor? And I'm just going to touch on this real briefly. We're getting to, close to the end of our time. But being a pastor, I, I know most of us would think about being a pastor means that you're going to preach. For me, one big important part is that you're going to be a leader. You're going to be the CEO of the company, so to speak. You're going to be the person who casts vision, who listens to God to know where you're supposed to go. And when you look at small churches, pastors everything. Um, I have a few friends where they are the senior pastor of a smaller church, and they do all the jobs. They do the bookkeeping, the counseling, the IT stuff. They preach. They help lead worship. And when it comes to that, not only do you have to really know a lot or at least enough of everything in order to survive, you have to know how to get volunteers to help. And that's a whole nother class in of itself of figuring out how to get volunteers if you're in a large church, then you have to know how to lead those who know more than you do, right? You've got to know how to lead a team and drive things forward, encourage people to get things done, help them see the vision that God has for your church, get on board with that vision. That's a lot of a role of a senior pastor in addition to other things that they would do, even still counseling, preaching, um, all of that. But also I was looking at how a senior pastor in a large church has to know how to build the right team. It might be volunteers, but it also would be paid staff. When you're hiring a bookkeeper, when you're hiring your counselors and your IT technician, like those, you're giving them charge of things that are really important that help the functionality of a church. And listening to God and knowing who to hire for that takes a lot of work, a lot of investment. And so the last part here that I want to just share as we're wrapping up is there's so many pieces that are currently being challenged when it comes to pastors out there. They're having to make way more videos than they've ever had to before. They're having to utilize social media and other online tools to build connection and relationships. They're having to preach to a camera and not to people in front of you. And there's more, I'm sure. And I can't wait to hear more from pastors as far as where they've been challenged and where they've had to grow during this pandemic and what maybe were the things that they wished they could have had in preparation for their ministry.